Welcome to Bounce with Zanella Morrison, the podcast that has conversations with extraordinary, ordinary people. So I'm super excited to have you in studio, Matlo. You and I are starting a very exciting journey, one that is so close to my heart. I want to learn a lot, and I really want our audience also to learn a lot about the journey of food, from our production to our fridges to our dustbins. Um, and also not only for myself, but what this actually means for society as a whole. And we have to live mindfully. If there's anything that we've learned out of COVID is how important mindfulness is to what people have and what people don't have. You're the exec for Food Safety Initiative at CGCSA. I love the role. I'm so honored to be in front of you. But tell me a little bit about the journey of food within our societies. Thank you so much. And it's exciting to be here. And food, I mean, who doesn't go without food on the daily? We all need food to be active in our daily uh, duties. So food takes a long way from, we normally use the word farm to fork. Um, And they don't call it the value chain for for nothing because it is interlinked. There's a lot of chains that exist in, in, in the food to get it to the plate. We will get to the aspect of the bean because we don't want to get to the bean side. We want to make sure that the food ends on the plate and people get the food that they eat. So in basic terms, the food starts at the, at the farm in most cases, and it gets into a processing facility. And from the processing facility, let's not forget the aspect of transportation, where there's logistics to move it from the farm to the to the manufacturing place. And from there, it needs to move to the retailer. In most cases, people know the retail shop. That's where we get our, 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 our most of our food products. But it has come a long way. And from there, let's not forget the consumer. It needs to get home. It needs to get cooked. And that's still the chain that we include in the in the food value chain. And the aspect of the bean and the landfills, that's where we get to the aspect of the the waste aspect, which we, we, we it's it's a topic, it's a big topic for another day in terms of people need to, to, to remain sustainable in our food production. We need to consider where it started in the farm to say the farmer has done a great job. The processor has done a great job. The retailer has put it in your, in, your, in your area. You need to utilize it as a consumer to ensure that you get value for money and everyone in the chain gets value for money. So um, the bean we'll talk about in a later stage. So, so who's listening here and why should, why should they keep on listening? So for me, we need to build greater awareness whether I'm a consumer, whether I'm a business owner and I'm wanting to find opportunities for myself if, if, I, if I'm a, you know, a, a person who's in the SME space but wanting to be involved in retail. Understanding the whole journey helps us to also see opportunities. Whether you're a mom at home, there's an opportunity to live more consciously and to understand where things come from. And, and this is great for our kids as well. I always talk to my kids and I say, where does this food come from? And they've got to tell me where they think it actually comes from and how did it get there and in what form what what great conversations because our kids have got to find themselves even within the value chain of of food itself and there's so many things i'm excited about uh, one is probably going to be you, you talk about being i talk about recycling um i want to talk about food waste but another one as well that came up very strongly during covid for me was food 
donation. Do we not make more than enough food to feed people in South Africa probably twice, three times over, yet still people go without food on a daily basis? Why is that? Exactly. And and this is the, 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 the chain that exists. In the chain, there will always be mishaps, but the chain needs to communicate with each other. And that's where you bring in the element of food donation. Let's take, for instance, at a farm level, you'd find that a farmer has harvested, but there's some ugly fruits or ugly vegetables. They're just crooked. The, the nutritious um, aspect remains the same. And the farmer sometimes would shy away from sending it to the market or to a retail place because they don't look good. So that's where the consumer comes in. We need to then get the consumer to understand that a crooked or a, 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 a carrot that looks like a, a three-legged mm, thing, mm. it is still a carrot. Mm. You can still consume it. And we need to avail those in our retail shops, in our market, so that we can capture what the farmer has put out from the soil because let's remember the soil also gets tired. We need to work. The, we normally use the, the, the word work the land in South Africa. The farmer has done a great job. It's just that in terms of the genetics of the seed or the aspect in terms of the climate change, that seed could have brought another product of, of another nature. Or the soil, right? Or so the, the soil. soil could have been of such a texture in that particular space. Exactly. But you know, my parents owned a shop, mm-hmm. right? I come from Guatemala. So I used to go to the market to buy vegetables and they were graded. You had grade A, B, C, D. Exactly. And depending on your pocket and how much you, you, you could spend, you could buy any of those grades. Is that still existing? Are people still able to pay less for products because they, maybe they don't look good? It's not. And that's where we need to get back to. That was the correct culture to maintain the sustainability of the the food value chain. We need to get back to that. So we we are in conversation with with the retailers to say, let's reintroduce. It's been done in Europe where you find ugly fruits being sold in, in, in the retail market. So we need to get there and get the consumer educated in terms of even if it is not perfect, it still remains an apple or, or pear or, or, or a carrot. I think it's got character, actually. Exactly. I, <laughs> I just thought, I'm like, I have no issues with the crooked carrot. Exactly. I'd be a little bit crooked ourselves as well. Exactly. But it was a culture that was taught to us, and we need to get over the, the culture of, of having to have things perfect. And sadly, the even more prettier stuff gets exported. So we're not even actually getting the pretty stuff. But fruit doesn't have to be pretty. I don't exactly. think that's how God designed things. Mm-hmm. So, so even though retailers, donation, what prevents retailers and various people from donating food, you literally see them throwing it away. Brand protection. That's what comes up in terms of most companies that even refuse to join the voluntary agreement where we're working towards prevention and reduction of food waste. They said we do not want to avail products that might have gone a little bit under in terms of the quality aspect. We would rather just send them directly to landfill because we do not have any responsibility that can come back to us. So this is what we're working with government to say in terms of the regulations that are currently in place in terms of the Consumer Protection Act. We're saying let's protect the consumer and the people that are donating as companies equally. Mm -hmm. We know it's very imperative in South Africa that we protect the consumer, but there is a lot of food that has gone off um, in terms of the best before date. It has passed that best before, but they're perfectly fine. That's where I shop. Uh, If I find a product, let's say, for instance, in a retail store, it has been marked down 
because the best before date has passed. It has not or, yet or, or expired. Even, yes, it yes. has not yet expired. So best before doesn't mean that it's expired. Because sometimes you look at best before and you make the assumption that it should. That's where you stop. Can it, I take you to my house? Because my husband and I literally have an argument. Do you know that? I don't actually, you know, I feel emotional about it already. That we throw away perfectly good food because he says that it's expired. And I say, no, they are saying you, could have, you should have had it before this date that was at its optimal. Mm-hmm. But it's at Chili's. Leave it. It's, it's, it's preserved possibly in oil or in salt. I, I can tell you it a story. It looks good to the eye. It, it looks good. I had a packet of, I, I won a, a hamper from one company. It's a, it's a cereal. It, you, can, you can literally cook it because you're going to cook some of them, especially dry products. Mm. They can go for years. Canned product, they can go for years without, because that, that's the preservation and the technicalities of the food science aspect in how we preserve things for longer. So the best before is just the quality aspect that might have gone a little bit low in terms of taste, in terms of color, but it, it's not the food safety aspect. The food safety one where the expiry comes in is the aspect of, let's take, for instance, ham, which is sold fresh. You need to have a strict date in terms of when mm. you stop consuming that mm. because it can have um, other implications in terms of health. You need to educate. Well, that's what we're doing here. So, so even if you have to listen to this again, understand what best buy means. It doesn't mean it has to go to the dustbin necessarily. You can use judgment. We are allowed to use judgment. Mm-hmm. If I've bought it, I can use judgment based on what I'm looking at. And then on top of that is also understand how even as, as, as a retailer, when you have stores and, you, and you're looking at consumers – there are laws that restrict people from donating. So it's brand and it's policy. And you're working on policy. And I think stores can also become creative. Retailers can become more creative around how they utilize their goods. So I feel like already it's just very, very enlightening. What else is linked to not only the donation of food, but I think access, right? Because a farmer can want to donate to whom and how? Where, where are the, the interfaces that can collect and enable? There are people who are hungry who live close to farms, little cities where there is no food. They have to wait for a truck to deliver their food from somewhere else, whereas there are farms in and around those areas producing the very food that they need. What are we missing in terms of just having access to the food that's then just going to become waste? Mm-hmm. I, I think in, I, I remember a story where the, the, a truckload of tomatoes was dumped around the, the, the Pretoria market because the truck could not return with the stock because that then consumes a lot of, of petrol to, to, to get to, to, to another area. So they just decided to check it out, but they're checking it out in the dump. Those people that are, are around there, they could easily pick up the ones at the top, but the ones that have already been damaged were left there to be mm-hmm. taken off by the river. So I think a, lo- a lot of coordination needs to happen in terms of if a product was not accepted at a market or at a retail point, there's direction from the point to say you can avail it to, to, to this particular entity. Mm-hmm. I think in South Africa, we're doing a lot of amazing work, but information is sitting all over. And we still have a lot of work to do to make sure that people at the tip of their hands, they have the information. What do I do mm-hmm. now that I'm faced with this particular challenge of mm-hmm. me not knowing where to take the food products? 
And, and so one of the interviews I want us to have is the food bank um, that actually does this and the complexity of that. We need to simplify it, and but we also need to talk about the opportunities of expanding initiatives like those. But that's going to be for another episode. So for now, really, I really uh, thank you for, for enabling us to have this conversation. We are coming back with date marking. Sounds technical. Mm-hmm. We're going to simplify it. So I really want to have a simple version of that. We're also going to talk about nutrition, uh, your Better for Health campaign, and we're also going to probably have another an, another conversation around which is probably mine and your favorite conversation recycling mm-hmm. in the house so it's really going to be great Matlo thank you so much I'll catch you in the next episode thank you you've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts